Said the feet of non we Life, uh, finds a way. Start the Stark Contrast. Hello, boys and girls. Welcome to the Friday edition of the Stark Contrast. I'm going to start off with an update on a couple of the stories from my last episode. First off, Bill Cosby, as we talked about, had got sentenced to some prison time for his drugging and raping of women. I uh, was under the understanding that he was going to have house arrest while he appealed the charges, but the judge decided to deny bail, and he is now in custody. He spent the last few nights in jail. I am surprised by that, but actually happy to hear that he did not use his power influence to avoid jail time. I think that we're going to see, not that I wish death on anybody, but I I don't think he's going to last all that long knowing his age and his frailty. So probably one of the last times we'll uh, see the old pudding pop slinging Bill Cosby I don't think he, uh, he make, I, I think a three to ten year sentence is a death sentence for somebody his age and his, with his health. But either way, like I said previously, it's a, uh, a long time coming. It's, it's been out there for a while that he did this kind of stuff with women. I'm glad he finally faced some justice for it, that the, uh, victims got to have their day in court. Well, at least some of them did and that uh, he's going to pay at least on some account for what he's done. Another update is on the uh, Kavanaugh hearing. There was a lot of testimony yesterday. I'm not sure if all of you guys listened to it. Was, it was pretty uh, rough to listen to, both the accuser, Ford, and Kavanaugh himself. I know that I listened to most of it, and I would say her account seemed very credible. She seemed raw and full of emotion. His account... What, he was a, had a lot of adamant denial, anger, which is understandable. But uh, he did have some... I don't know if he was just trying to cover up the fact that he did have a lot of issues with drinking when he was younger. And he figured that admitting anything about memory loss due to alcohol would be uh, some kind of way of admitting that he was guilty or, or couldn't account for the time. But uh, I, I felt like there was a few times in his testimony and his interactions with the senators that he did show some discrepancy, as well as originally his narrative was that he was a Boy Scout. He, you know, he didn't do anything bad. He was a churchgoer that had no issues at all in high school. Well, when that was clearly debunked they pivoted and he admitted right away yesterday that he was a drinker in high school that by no means makes somebody a a sexual predator but it did show that he wasn't completely truthful in his initial story on events from high school so I think I think um, out of the two he was less credible I don't think we know or will ever really truly know exactly what happened between the two of them, but I I think uh, the Republicans did a disservice by not calling 
Mark Judge, which was the other boy that was in the room, to testify. They did take a sworn statement by him, but by not bringing him in and allowing everybody to ask him questions, it left a lot of holes that could have been filled. I know Ford had mentioned that while she wasn't sure exactly when the attack happened back in the early 80s, most likely the summer of 82, that if she knew when Mark Judge worked at this given grocery store that she had seen him at shortly after the attack, that she could have narrowed it down within a month because he had only worked there for a short time. But instead of bringing him in, the uh, Republicans were dead set on fighting that, as well as Kavanaugh. He was pretty adamant on, he tried to make excuses on how he was open to anything and all this, but when it was brought up to bring in Mark Judge and have a a full investigation and have him interviewed, to have him answer questions in front of everybody, that was definitely not something that Kavanaugh or the Republicans wanted. So, like I said, overall, this this became a very political situation, very ugly situation. I think that looking back on this, the Democrats, at least a handful of them, had a strong intent on not finding the truth of this, but in just delaying the nomination of Kavanaugh with the intent purpose of delaying any nomination to the Supreme Court until after midterms where there's a good chance that the Democrats will take some of those seats in the in Congress and will be able to block any nomination and then they can hold it out until the presidential election of 2020 with their hopes of taking back the White House and then getting that seat back. I've heard a lot of people talk about how turnabout's fair play and how the Republicans had cheated Merrick Garland out of his nomination, but the whole thing really uh, puts a negative taste in your mouth. I think that the focus should have always been getting the truth out about what happened and figuring out as best we could what was in the past of Judge Kavanaugh. It's important to remember that this was a job interview for a lifetime appointment to the Supreme Court. This is not a criminal trial. We're not trying to convict the man. At this point, the object of these hearings is to see if he's fit for the Supreme Court. That being said, I think there's enough there to say this guy maybe does not belong in a lifetime appointment to the Supreme Court. I personally think that the best route forward would be to withdraw his nomination and immediately nominate a conservative female if I was the Republican Party, that's what I would do. I think that puts them in a good spot to say, hey, you know, while we don't believe all these allegations, this does show that there could be some issues. The Supreme Court is a lifetime nomination. Therefore, we should move on with another candidate. Putting in a female conservative will take away the Democrats' chance to slow anything down in the future, and you could get it in between now and the midterms and have a justice in place like they want before the midterm elections. So overall, it's just, it's so draining. The political process nowadays with both parties, really, has just become garbage. Enough of that. We're going to move on to something different. 
I got something a little more uplifting I think you guys will enjoy. I have an interview with a friend that I went to school with as a uh, boy here in Grant, Michigan, and he's had some crazy adventures lately, and we're going to talk to him about that. But first, a word from our sponsors. Beep, 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 beep. We are robots. Hello. <laughs> Please join us at our live show. Live, live, live. Do, do, <laughs> mystery time, adventure, adventure October 19th, 6 p.m., Studio 37, Nuego, live, 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 <laughs> robot, live. All right, well, I got my uh, guest today. Go ahead and introduce yourself to the audience. Oh, I don't know how I should introduce myself. You know me as Billy Prestridge. The internet knows me as Liam Blackrose. I go by many names. We'll, we'll start with that. Uh, when I first met you, you went as Billy. We met when I moved to town. I moved to Grant in fourth grade. You were actually one of the first people to be kind to me in Grant, befriended me. Um, I, was I know kind. we had, what's that? I was just shocked that I was kind. I can't remember fourth yeah, grade you, all that well. Yeah, I, I just, I can remember you were one of the first people to talk to me at Grant. In general, I mean, other than, you know, small pleasantries from the normal riffraff, but you were one of the first ones to actually introduce yourself and talk to me on the playground. I know we had comic books in common was one of the things we originally had talked about. That that memory really, when you first move into a new town, you're always a little nervous coming into school. I, and I started in the beginning of November, so you guys had already been in school for fourth grade, and I came from... Comstock Park, already knowing people for years, and then got plumped in the middle of uh, fourth grade with all these, you know, farm kids in my mind. Um, <laughs> so it was it was kind of a culture shock for me, and then to have somebody actually come up and you know introduce himself and interact with me uh, made a big difference for me when it came to uh, coming to fourth grade. So you were you born in the area? Um, you you grew up in Grant. I, the second half of kindergarten, and then I moved from Grand Rapids there, but not very many memories before that. So pretty much all in Grant, at least for school. Gotcha, gotcha. Now, one, one question I always ask guests, what's your first memory that you have, your first vivid memory of childhood? Um, a horrible babysitter. I was in afternoon pre-K and the babysitter's kid was in morning. And she wouldn't let me play with any of, the, of her kids' toys. And that's one of my earliest memories is back to pre-K. Well, babysitter. Just because she wouldn't let me play with her kids' toys. It's kind of a dick move for a babysitter. but I, Now, uh, what is your favorite 90s memory that you have? Favorite thing about the 90s? Oh, man, the 90s? There's so much. Uh, cartoons. I love cartoons in the 90s. Some of your favorite cartoons? Oh, yeah, like the Saturday morning lineup, X-Men, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yeah, I was actually actually just talking uh, to one of my friends about how even though there's more cartoons and more variety, that they meant so much more waiting for them on Saturday. Yeah, that was the only time you got them. That was your time with the TV. Yeah, and in most houses, too, there was only one TV. 
maybe two, a second one if you got lucky, but there, it isn't like now where everybody's got a TV in the room plus a tablet plus their phone and all this other stuff. So the the shared TV time was always a big deal, deciding who got control of the remote. And Saturday morning was kid time. It's the only time, like, the youngest, I was the youngest, the only time I got the TV. was on that Saturday. Everybody else was sleeping. Now, I know as we grew up in school, we went with different crowds. Uh, I think we were always remained cordial, at least on my end. But uh, yeah, I'd, we were. there was no ill will between us at all. I, I think I voted for you different. for class president. Not to make this about me, but funny story on the class president thing. When we voted, they had announced every class, the the actual results. You know, this person won with this many votes. You know, this person. And they got to our class, and it just said, the, you know, the winner is Rod Stark. And no vote totals. And I'm like, I'm not a super egotistical person, but you you want to know how many votes you got. So <laughs> I went down to Mrs. Comstock's room and uh, Stacy Force was there crying because she was, she had been the class president all the way through and in many regards deserved to be the class president for our senior year. She had been ever since we were, you know, I think fifth grade was the first year we had it. Anyways, I, I went down to Mrs. Comstock's class to, you know, see what the vote total was and why they didn't announce us. And uh, there's Stacy crying, and the board is just filled with little cross hashes under my name. And she had, like, I think four or five. And uh, the the part that stuck out was she had more friends that were sitting there that were in our class than she had votes. So, and I knew <laughs> I, I, had always, I had always been raised that you vote for the opponent, just, you know, a friendly gesture. So I voted for her, and I'm pretty sure she might have voted for herself. But either way, like, there were more friends there than... So I, I felt really bad that day. I didn't feel so bad, you know, going forward that I got to give this speech because that was the only reason I really wanted to be class president. But that was a funny story about becoming class president and the fact that it didn't... You won my vote. vote. You won my vote with a dollar sign for on your Stark. Uh, that was about it. That was all the consideration I put into it. Hey, that's all it takes sometimes. I know most people it was just, hey, he's going to give a funny speech at graduation, so we should vote for him, which that, that was my uh, my main objective for getting it. But uh, like, like I was saying, we, we ran in different circles. In high school, I don't, would you consider yourself goth? I uh, was punk, I guess, like with Cal McIntyre for Josh Jett. And I was... I was just weird. I wore weird plaid pants, the flowered bell bottoms, 20 years too late. Like, I remember I had to sneak out of the house in the mornings in order to change into my weird clothes because my mom wouldn't let me leave the house dressed like that. So she wouldn't go for the clothes, but you made it happen anyway. Oh, yeah, of course. I do was, remember one, there, there was a stretch where you had, like, silver gray hair. Is this Maybe painted yeah. at one point in time because... Another one of my mom's rules was I wasn't allowed to dye my hair or anything to it. Gotcha. I just remember one day you showed up in like this silver gray hair, and now now that's a big trend. So you were a trend center years before. Uh, all these girls with this uh, silver gray hair. <laughs> I was trying to do so, the silver fox thing way before it uh, before it was sexy. There you go. So in school, you you run with the punk kids. Did, did you enjoy the weirdo. Grant? 
It was it was all right. I, I guess it was as good a place as any. Small towns. Wasn't a whole lot to do, but didn't really need a whole lot to do. Um, did you you went all the way through on Grant. Where did you go after graduation? What did you end up doing? Uh, I had uh, that's I joined up. I enlisted in the army shortly okay, after graduation. See, I, I, I didn't know that about you. So you enlisted in the army, and uh, were you deployed then? I, I take it, given the time frame I would, of. I was stationed in Alaska for okay. three years, and my only deployment was to Texas for border guard. Be a so busier never did time doing that through. now. <laughs> what was that? I said it would be a busier time to do with border guard now down in Texas. <laughs> it was mainly just yeah. to test out new equipment. That's gotcha. And then after you were, were done with uh, the army, then what? Where'd you head? Grand Rapids for a long, 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 long time. Gotcha, gotcha. 2005 until recently. I know that's where our paths crossed again. Um, You were doing food catering. Yeah, Uh, uh, yeah, when we, I looked uh, for help on Facebook because we needed help uh, working on 30 minutes or less. Which I got to say, that's the best time that I've had in uh, in a job. And the best I've ever eaten. In a, at least in a, a, a prolonged time. The fact that, uh, we had some, some pretty awesome times on that food set. What would you say were, uh, was that the only, uh, movie set that you worked on? Or movie production? Oh, no. When, uh, Grand, when Grand Rapids was blowing up for about a year and a half, we worked on just about every movie that came there. A couple of 50 Cent movies, a Bruce Willis movie. 50 Cent came there for two movies, or my brother called him Curtis, because he wasn't cool. Now, uh, what would you say your favorite uh, movie production to work on was? Oh, 30 minutes or less, hands down. Like, we got to travel, and, like, we went up to Ludington, and more. I was more uh, with the stars and stuff during that time. All the other movies, I was a lot of behind the scenes at the kitchen, but we were cooking right on set, so the stars were everywhere. Yeah, I, I know I had a blast, a lot, a lot of laughs uh, for sure with uh, Danny McBride and Nick Swartzen right on set like that. It was uh, quite the experience, I'll, I'll say that. After you you did the catering stuff, uh, where did you go in life after that? No, yeah, I just stuck to the kitchen. I tried to. Uh, I went and got my uh, associates in multimedia design, but then just went back to the kitchen. Gotcha. Was, uh, just uh, I've always loved it. Worked at a couple of different restaurants uh, that my brother had opened, and I worked there. And then a few years ago, I started working in Lowell. Gotcha. And then uh, what made your decision? What will transition to your current adventure? What made you decide to do this next stage of your life? And just give me a little background on what, you know, what was the original launch of this new focus? My elevator pitch was it started after uh, Anthony Bourdain's suicide. It just made me reflect on why I wasn't happy, why it caused me to do a lot of deep reflection of somebody that I admired so much could do that to themselves. It scared me, kind of, like, am I capable of that? So I did a lot of deep self-reflection and what I needed to be happy. And I came to the conclusion that it was my boys who were living in Texas. Gotcha, gotcha. Like uh, most people that I know, you were a big fan of Anthony Bourdain. Like anybody that I know that's ever spent time watching any of this stuff or reading any of his books, 
was a big fan of Anthony. What what first attracted you to his style? And obviously, there's a tie there with cooking. You said you love cooking, and uh, uh, he, he had was, a, he was an old school punk. <laughs> like he he knew the Ramones, and he was that's what like that what led him down a dark path in the beginning, but it created who he was and he wasn't afraid he was open about everything that he was like his drug addiction and everything like he was very open and he was all about the people that's what i liked more was that he was about the people making the food not the food like i'm sure you've seen his tv shows and it was just very personable gotcha no i honestly i knew a little bit about anthony most of what i the interaction that i had with his career actually started through listening. I, I listened to Joe Rogan experience a lot and he was a guest on there and they were talking about uh, cooking wild game and stuff. And then I actually started watching his uh, no reservations. Is it called? Yeah, that's the one of them. Yeah. The one yeah, and he had hit quite a few uh, because Joe Rogan was on one of his shows. And they went on an elk hunt and then actually showed them cooking up the, the game and stuff. But I, I see how his death affected so many people and you said yourself as well. Now that you said that was the catalyst for, you know, the soul searching and the deciding to go on the adventure. And you, I had been depressed for a while before that okay. happened. And then it just, it caused me to like wake up. Don't get that bad trying to stop it before it got that bad kind of thing. Gotcha. So it was, you were already depressed, got that wake-up call, seeing somebody that you looked up to, uh, you know, commit suicide like that. And it made you look back, reflect, and say, what I need in life is my boys. And then tell me about this journey. Oh, this journey has been... Phenomenal, amazing. Like I guess here's what my journey was: was I hitchhiked and backpacked across the country from Lowell, Michigan, to Copper's Cove, Texas, and it was just an amazing adventure. And I wanted to get to. I had flown across the country dozens of times, driven across the country many a times, but I've never walked across the country, and so I wanted to do it in a different way if I was going to move my life to the other side, make an adventure out of it. Yeah, it was definitely uh, awesome to watch your stages of the journey down there on Facebook and your updates and stuff. Yeah, now, uh, how how long exactly did it end up taking you to get from here to there? Uh, 47 days was uh, what my journal, it got mixed up a couple of times, but I think my journal ended at 47 days. Like that was actually on the, from when I left Lowell to when I got down here. Gotcha. And, and your goal now is that's going to be your permanent base. You're staying down in Texas then? Um, who knows what the future holds. As of right now, yeah, I'm at my ex-wife's house, but I'm here with my boys. And, like, I need them in my life. I They need me in, my li- in their lives, I hope. And I, I want to be a positive influence for them. And the future may take me elsewhere, and I'm not going to be afraid of it. Now, I know we, we had talked a little bit. One of your steps here is you're, you're going to do a podcast. 
you're thinking about doing your own podcast? Is that still? Yeah, that's my, my next step because, um, when I first started, I got a lot of, uh, flack about, oh, you're going to get kidnapped. You're going to get murdered. You're going to get robbed. And I refused to believe that the world was that horrible. So it became a side quest that to prove to those people around me that were following me that humanity is beautiful, that it is, that given the opportunity to change, a stranger will be kind. And that became a side quest that ultimately was to get to my boys, but I also wanted to prove that. And I don't want to stop proving that because it's, I've been proven right countless times across this journey by the kindness strangers have uh, shown me along the way. Yeah, that's awesome, man. Uh, When you, you said there were people that, you know, naysayers that said it wasn't going to be successful and you weren't going to get this, positive reinforcement from strangers what percentage would you say roughly when you told people hey this is what i'm doing like out of 10 people how many of them were the naysayers uh maybe about three of them three or four and then a couple telling me i'm I'm crazy and then the ones that really knew me just kind of uh yeah that sounds like something you'd do like my mom was completely unfazed when i told her what i was doing she's like yeah all right Go, go be with your boys. Yeah, it was just, I've always been a little weird and like to do things a different way. Gotcha. So the, the people that really know you were completely on board with it. They knew, hey, this is a Liam thing to do. Yeah, like my mom says, I've never met a stranger. I can make friends with just about anybody from any walk of life. I, I like people. People are amazing. I, I found that most people like me too. Yeah, I can definitely tell that. Knowing you over the years, I'd say that's definitely true about your personality. Not, not that I would doubt your mom anyways. Usually moms are pretty, pretty spot on with their, their, uh, understanding of their kids. At least their personality wise, understanding who they are. Now, so you, you're looking at a podcast, you're looking at the focus being those reinforcing those positive views of humanity and that there's still some good out, left out in the world. I know you said you ran into a lot of strangers on the on the path that helped you along the way. Can you give us one, you know, one quick story about somebody that lifted you up on your journey? Oh yeah, absolutely. I've got tons of them, but uh first one was uh after I left Detroit and got into Ohio, I was on the Buckeye Trail for a couple of days and it's not the most well marked and I didn't have regular phone access and so I was exhausted and tired after hiking a couple of days and I went up to a farmhouse just to see if they knew anything about the trail and a little old lady answered the door and just saw how hot and sweaty I was and she invited me in and we got to talking and she let me take a shower at her place, made me dinner. I She let me sleep on the porch. That night I went uh, coon hunting with her husband, first, first time I'd ever done anything like that. And then she took me another like 30 or 40 miles down the road the next morning, just completely out of the blue, total stranger, unplanned. I wasn't looking for help or assistance in that form. And that's when I knew it was going to be a good trip. So she started it off right, giving you that positive reinforcement that there's good strangers out there. Yeah, absolutely. And then especially when you have, like, I had a decent story about why I was doing what I was doing, like, trying to get to my boys and people fell in love with that story 
and making an adventure out of it. Everybody I've told it to is just like, wow, that's amazing. And so I want to share it with more people. Very cool. I, I think it's a great idea. I think the world needs more of that, especially not just those things happening, but people actually sharing those experiences so that you can hear, we hear negative stuff every day when it comes to the news and Facebook and everything else. So I think putting something positive like that out there is a great thing. What's that little quote or motto or whatever you, you share all uh, the time? Put love out, get love back. If you love the universe, that the universe will love you. And just trying to spread positivity in everything I do. And then positivity comes back. It's taken me across the country for very little money. Like I said, it's been awesome following along and the fact that you, you successfully made it. A few bumps and bruises along the way, but overall it was a uh, a really positive journey for you. In closing, is there anything you'd like to share with the audience? Oh, we're closing already. Oh, my goodness. Um, no, not that I can. Uh, just, yeah, put love out. Get love back. Just do good things for strangers. You don't have to know them. Don't need their story. Don't need to do good things because it's good to do good things, not because you want anything, because you need anything. Just do good things. It's amazing. It makes you just feel better to be a better person. Very cool, man. Well, we're definitely going to do a follow-up if that's cool with you. Uh, once you oh, get absolutely. set up on the podcast, I, w- I want to have another chat with you and get a little more in-depth. And then uh, once you have that podcast set up, then we can give that information to the viewers and send them that way so we can get more of that positivity out there. We'll, uh, I appreciate we'll you taking the time to talk to me about this and helping me spread the word of this. I, like I said, I, I love the story. The fact that you put yourself out there and you felt the need to change, so you made a change. I think uh, that's awesome. It's awesome to share that. We'll definitely uh, do this again. Um, yeah, uh, one more thing, I guess, to plug. Right now, I'm still working from my Facebook page for the travels until I set something up for the podcast. I have to decide on a name and all that. But uh, follow the Black Rose on Facebook. I'm still posting semi-regularly on there. You can also go through and scroll all the way to the beginning and read my full story. Very cool. And I'll uh, I'll link your page when I uh, post this episode so everybody can see it. Definitely uh, go on there and like Liam's page on Facebook so you can see those updates and look look back on the story because it was an awesome journey. I I enjoyed reading along as it went. And uh, I'm excited to hear about the podcast, man. Yeah, and largely inspired by you, seeing you uh, do it and putting yourself out there, listening to your stories and stuff. And it's like, I, if Rod can do it, I can do it too. Like, very inspired by you. Very cool, man. I, I'm excited. If my podcast does anything, if it gets other people to create some stuff, it's a win for me. I, it's definitely cathartic in itself just to fuel my fuel my bullshit but uh the, getting these people that i've i've met throughout life and hearing them you know produce something like that and put new content out into the world is an awesome feeling so i appreciate that you said that and i definitely appreciate the fact that you're going to be creating something so we look forward to that all right man i'll talk to you later though all right talk to you later
I hope you enjoyed this episode of The Stark Contrast. We are now available on all of your internet-enabled home devices such as Alexa and Google Home, as well as almost all major podcasting platforms, including Apple Podcast, Google Play, Spotify, SoundCloud, and anywhere fine podcasts such as this one are distributed. You all have a great weekend. We'll see you next time. This is Rod. Over and out. And that's when to grow on.